Hi, everyone, and welcome to You and Everyone Else, a podcast about all things relationships. I'm Alex Stewart. I'm Haley Bachman. And this week, we kind of, I guess we struggled to pick something specific. We kept talking about, you know, all these different things that are happening. Um, We finally settled on kind of unpacking this idea of exhaustion this week, because I think that's what came the most in our conversation. And also, I feel like everyone is feeling exhausted right now. Everyone is feeling exhausted. It has been the universal awkward question of, hey, how are you? And then everybody's just like, uh, not yeah. really. Like, what am I supposed to say? I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm banning the use of how are you doing until <laughs> the foreseeable future. Um, <laughs> my response is always poorly. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, so I did want to start the episode with my favorite question, which is tell me something. What is something good in your life? What is what's something good that's happened? Hmm. Actually, I, I just told you this, but I'm emceeing and like co-hosting my church service this weekend. And it sounds kind of silly, but I'm really excited because I I love public speaking and I like expanding my audience. And normally I speak to kids all the time and it's always, <laughs> and I get asked to speak to adults a lot, um, big people and normally I'm speaking to little people, but I'm excited to, to get on stage and do something different. Um, that gives me, we're going to be talking about that, but that gives me energy. Like as soon as they asked me, I was super, super pumped about it. Um, so I, I'm excited for that. That's something really good in my life right now. I love that. Yay. What about you? What are you excited for now? Or what's something good in your life? Um, I actually just proposed to, so I'm, I'm on the board for the Florida Career Development Association. Um, and, you know, we have these guidelines. At, I don't even know how to describe it there. It's like a newsletter, essentially, but they're called guidelines. Um, our, our parent organization sends out these, this newsletter uh, quarterly and the one that's coming out in spring they're requesting submissions and the focus is on careers and professional development and I was like oh my wheelhouse yeah. love that uh, and last semester I wrote a literature review on job searching and mental wellness like the impact that job searching has on mental health mm-hmm. and so I pitched this to you know, one of the other board members, and I was like, does this seem like something that would be good to write about? And she was like, yes, I totally love this. And I get to make graphics for it, too. Um, so it's combining all the things I love, which is, you know, supporting people with mental health, career stuff, and I get to design some graphics. Listen, I'm in heaven. That is good. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. Good, I love that. Cool. Um, so we came up with like, you know, some general topics to, to kind of touch on this week. And one of the things that came up for both of us was like being exhausted from video calls, like zoom fatigue (laughs) is real. (laughs) I feel like there, we could just categorize these as different types of fatigue, but there's right now we're talking about zoom fatigue. There is, or however, whatever video chatting service you're using. Google hangouts fatigue or whatever. Yeah. And honestly, I think we, we, we kind of looked at this from, there's a, there's a really great article on psychology today that talked about this, but also if you ask people, um, 
uh, I got asked this week, uh, how's your week going? And I was like, honestly, I'm tired from video calling because I just am. It takes a lot of energy out of me, even though I don't have to leave my home. Often I don't even put on a bra. I will just sit there and talk with somebody. But for some reason, it drains the energy out of me. Um, And this article really helped put it in perspective. But um, I I think for me that that has been really hard because that is the only way we are expected to connect with people right now. And I don't like being put in a box to connect with others. And that's part of it. But I also just don't want to do it all the time. Um, (laughs) But I have to do it all the time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I I absolutely resonate with that. So in, in reading this Psychology Today article, one of the things the author talks about is this idea of like, you know, yes, you're on a call with another person, but you can literally see you in the corner every call. So there's this idea of like, you know, we talk about this a lot. We are our own best critics. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people who do have a high sense of an inner critic, uh, it can be really, the author used the word like cognitive dissonance. Um, So it can be really jarring to like, you know, be in a conversation with you, but I also see me doing movements and I'm thinking in my head, why am I using my hands so much? You know, like, why is my face looking like that? And I find myself smiling so much more than I would during a normal work day (laughs) because I don't know what else to do with my face because I don't want to be, you know, just like stone face, just like, oh, yes, business thing. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the author uh, Doreen Dodgen Maggie wrote why video chats are wearing us out and great article she talks about why they're you know causing all this exhaustion and then she also provides um, some ways to like kind of, of break those down but yeah at the end of Friday I'm like no one no one call me no one video call me yeah for- which is really hard because then they mentioned this in the article, but then what if I wanted to see Alex and we wanted to hang out with our friends and like so the other night we we did uh, what is it party what is it a PowerPoint party no not a PowerPoint party what's the uh, house party we did house party oh we're cool now by the way in <laughs> case anyone was wondering <laughs> we're super cool I couldn't even remember the app name um so <laughs> we did house party and it was fun like we played games and whatnot but. To be honest with you, like by the end of my week, I don't really want to be like, yeah, let's video chat and hang out. Because first of all, one, there's a pressure to say yes to everything people invite you to right now via video chatting. And they talk about this in the article, but it's because people know how much time we all have right now. And so you're just like, well, I don't have another excuse, so I might as well just do it. And really give yourself the liberty to say no, because it's okay if you don't have the energy to video call, um, even the people you love. Like, I love Alex. I want to spend as much time with her as I can. I also am still exhausted from Zoom calling. Like, that's yeah. just the way it is. Um, and it doesn't mean you love people any less. It doesn't, same with like my family, like if they want to video chat, I'm just like, how do I tell you no, even though I want to spend time with you, I don't want to do it over here. Um And they kind of break down about how we uh, connect with one another with different senses. And a lot of that is taken away with Zoom calling. And so we have to try to honestly conjure up other senses just Mm. to connect with people. And that can be exhausting too. So yeah, so if you're feeling like exhausted from Zoom calling, don't worry. You are not the only one. Yeah, whenever I do, so I do virtual student appointments for career advising. And my favorite appointments are when the students 
select like a phone call because that way I don't have to worry about like, you know, like my, what is my face doing? You know, what do I have to look like? I can just like pull up their resume and talk it through with them. Um, so <laughs> just like, it's just a sense of relief when I see virtual phone call. Oh, and you're like, that. yay. <laughs> I know I had a work, I had a work call the other day too. And now I have to specify, do you mean phone call or do you mean video call? Right. And before think about that like before if somebody was like oh I'll call you you'd be like okay you're just gonna call me like on the phone and now now it's like I don't know what you're going to do and so I have to ask when someone says phone call I'm like yes so thankful (laughs) absolutely so how do you find yourself like coping with this zoom fatigue how do you like combat it how do you like try and try and limit that um I think limiting my phone usage in other ways, like so that I'm not everything I do is through technology. Mm -hmm. Um, So that when I do get the opportunity to do something via technology, it feels more like an opportunity rather than a burden. So Mm. it's hard, right? Because like we, it's social media isn't a bad thing right now. It's a great way still to connect with people. Like it's always been. And um, it's a good way to check out in some ways. And it's a good way to keep up with the news in some way. Like, honestly, there's really not, it, it can be very negative. It can also be very positive, but I think limiting how much I'm watching Netflix and how much I'm using my cell phone and other stuff. So that when I do do a zoom call, it doesn't feel like every facet of my life is through technology right now. And it doesn't yeah. feel so burdensome. Um, so I think that's something I'm doing. What are you doing? That's a great question. Um, I'm trying to limit the amount of time I'm needlessly on my phone. So, you know, there's moments of like, you just flip your phone open and it's like, you're not, you're not doing it for a purpose. You're just like, right. Doing it out of like <laughs> habit or whatever. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to be more, I guess it's like mindful of my usage. And mm. so when I have that sense of like flipping my phone over, I try and ask myself, okay, do I need to do this right now? I, what purpose is this serving? Um, and so even if I'm giving myself time to, you know, scroll on Twitter or whatever, I'm, I'm opening my phone and going into Twitter with that purpose in mind. I'm not opening my phone and ending up on Twitter and then three hours later, you know, my hair is disheveled and I emerge from my pillow <laughs> It's more of like I'm I'm trying to make it a choice rather than like um a given. Yeah. I like that. And something that I guess I'm going to practice after having our conversation reading article is I'm going to ask people to do a phone call if they can. So mm. that I limit the Zoom calls. Um when people say, oh, I'd rather Zoom, I'd say, is it, is it possible for you to do a phone call? And, um, and and if somebody were to ask and I was close enough to them at work, I could say, you know, Zoom calls just get kind of exhausting or whatever. But I know some policies for a lot of organizations right now is they need to see you on the screen so that they know right. you're working. And and don't get me wrong. I'm like all for that. I love the accountability. Um but maybe communicating to the people you're closer with at work when you have meetings with them, be like, is it, is it possible for us to do a phone call instead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's something I might implement. I love that. Yeah, definitely. Yay. So we, we noticed that that was one thing that, that I guess is stemming from the exhaustion we have been feeling. Um, and, and then another one is, is this, I guess, honestly, I would call it a, uh, 
productivity exhaustion, which sounds kind of, I guess, the pressure of productivity exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many of you have seen people talking about this, but they're like, oh, go, go paint that room you haven't painted for years that you've been meaning to get around to, or like, oh. read that book, or watch that TV show, or whatever, and like, it, it's just, it's wild how many people are like, oh, I have a to-do list, I have a checklist that I've been meaning to get to, and now I get to, and da 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 da, da. Mm-hmm. That means you're just filling your day with things you've been putting off, and like, how frustrating is that and I just would hate that and also there's just pressure that like you have so much time so you should be doing something right yeah I even so... think there, like like even even when we catch up or talk there is this voice in my head that when people ask me like what have you been up to I have to like give them this laundry list of things I've been doing because what else am I going to be doing right like right the answer is on Twitter and or Instagram, but like, um, <laughs> or playing video games. But I, I think that there is this, this pressure, even when we check in on people for us to give, you know, that laundry list of, oh, well, I worked out today. I read six books and then I wrote my memoir, you know, like right. all of these things we're supposed to be doing. And I don't think that social media really helps. It's really funny. So my Twitter feed is like fully populated with people sheltering in place and just playing Animal Crossing New Horizons. Like, <laughs> it's, it's people who, um, it's like graphic designers and people that are playing video games. And then I go on Instagram and it feels like my feed is populated with people who went on a, a three mile run or, um, you know, like have done all of these crazy things. They've, they've painted a mural. Um, yeah it's just very weird it is it is very weird and it is fostering this like societal pressure and um for so many things like it's not even sometimes it might not even be the societal pressure for productivity but also the societal pressure for um like taking a break like everybody's like oh this is great you get to take a break and it's like I don't I've had enough days of a break I don't want a break anymore like I want to go back to work (laughs) Um, and it just feels like there's these extremes that we're supposed to be at, like enjoying the break or being really productive. And both pressures are really dangerous and, um, frustrating, honestly, just super frustrating. And I think, um, I think it's hard cause we're very low level, like we're super low level bored and we're, we're also anxious. And mm-hmm. like, then you tell me to be productive on top of that. And it's like, I'm really not my best right now. I'm super exhausted like yeah. from all these stupid Zoom calls. So no, I can't be super productive. Um, so I think that has created exhaustion on all of our parts um, because pressure makes us a little tired and makes us a little anxious and, you know, makes you a little stressed out. And stress like does something to your body. Like it physically depletes your body. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think pressure has made us very stressed absolutely I think it's hard to not you know look at your calendar look at all the hours you have left in the day and not think well shoot I could you know in my case I I bounce between this struggle of like do I create art or do I apply to jobs because Mm -hmm. it's 
you know, I just had this meeting with my program advisor about my job search process and what all that was going to look like. And to be honest with you all, like the higher ed job search process is not looking great. Um, There are a lot of institutions that are uh, changing things as they move forward. And, you know, people are being furloughed. They're being laid off. San Francisco Art Institute and I think McMurray College have literally closed. Like they're they're Mm. done accepting admissions and this is kind of it for them. Wow. There is this huge pressure for me to apply to as many jobs as humanly possible and acquire the next step because to me, it almost feels like there'll be a sense of relief once I've gotten that, you know, like Mm -hmm. if if I just get the job, I can finally be okay. And I think that's a really dangerous mindset to have. And I know that about myself. Um, and so it's, it's definitely a struggle to when I'm sitting and painting or when I'm sitting and making graphics, it's so hard to not sit and think to myself, well, the time you spent doing that could have been time you spent applying to jobs. Right. And I'm it's because... guiltiness and the productivity and also like my creative fulfillment, you know, like, you know me, I need yeah. to be fulfilled and happy and content. Um, so it's hard. Yeah, that is, that is very hard. And I, and, and honestly, that, that mindset of, I just need the next thing to be okay, is also stemming from that, um, mm-hmm. that pressure to be productive. And like, if we have the next thing, then like life will fall back together, life will feel normal, because that was your supposed next step once you graduated. Right. And now that feels robbed from you. Um, and so it's like, well, if I have that, then COVID didn't take anything from me. If I have that, then like, I'm still moving forward. If I have that, then I'm being productive. Like, and, and and it's, it is a dangerous place to be because one, it's putting even more pressure that that's already there. And, and it's also currently robbing you from even the things that do give you joy, like being creative and creating graphics and doing that does give you joy, but then there's that burden behind it. It's even ruining the things that give you joy, you know? So, so I guess I'm trying to think of like, how do we navigate, you know, how do we navigate that really? Um, I mean, I literally, I took a day off work this week to do that. I just felt so overwhelmed. And I also think there's this pressure now, especially to not take days off work because, what else could you possibly be doing, right? Right. Like you can't even use, I would argue that you can't even use like a funeral as an excuse at this point because there aren't, like people aren't holding funerals, right? Like (laughs) people aren't gathering in in big places to go to these things. Um, So if there is this huge pressure to not only be productive, but if you have, if you're fortunate enough to have a job right now to be working. Um, Yeah. So, I really struggled. I should have taken a day off the week before, before things got, you know, this this like huge pressure kept building. But I, on Monday night, I was just sitting in in my bed and thinking like, I can't go to work tomorrow. I, I cannot, I will not be able to give my best to the career center. I won't be able to, to produce good work tomorrow. It's just not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was so anxious. I just like, couldn't get to sleep. So I I took a day off work. I, you know, I deserve that. I would have taken a day off work if I had been in person. Um, And I think granting yourself that moment to, if you have the ability to, take a step back. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, you kind of touched on this of like earning your rest and like, there was no, nothing about earning it there. You just needed it. Like, I deserve it. Yeah. You, it's, yeah. Like you just needed it and, and you took it and that is, is really good. And we do acknowledge exactly what Alex said that not everybody has that luxury right now to just take off. But if you do, please do, because I know that it's like, well, what would I do? Like, wouldn't I just do what I normally do at home? Like watch a little bit of TV, do whatever, but like, you wouldn't be working. Like it's still, this is still, you have to treat life with some sense of normalcy to some regard, um, even when things aren't super normal. And there are ways, but like you shouldn't expect the absolute best of yourself right now either because this isn't the best of circumstances. So 100%. Yeah, there's like a very clear balance you have to give yourself of like establish a normal for you and create normalcy because we don't know how long this is going to be. But also don't have these high, high expectations of yourself because things are not great right now. And it is okay to be like, you know, I just can't go into work tomorrow. Like that is okay. Um. And I, and I think a lot of that, I really appreciate you sharing that, Alex. And I, and I think that that's really good that you took a day off. And now I'm thinking about when can I, when should I take a day off? I'm really glad you shared that. It's just really, I guess, karmically weird. So you know this, but um, in December of this past year, I went through training. And at the end of the training, the um, facilitator had us choose a word. You know, that was going to be our word for the year because it was in December. And so we're mm-hmm. kind of planning for January. And a couple of weeks before that, I had had an informational interview with someone who worked um, at uh, Handshake. is the like software company, I guess, is what they'd be mm-hmm. considered a tech company. Yeah. Um, and this guy, literally, like he runs a media company. He works full time as like a, a high up position in Handshake. He just has his hands in a lot of things and he's also, you know, he's in a relationship and I asked him, I was like, how are you doing all of these things and you're still functioning? Um, Because I can't even get myself to go on a run. (sighs) And he like takes a beat and he goes, you have to choose to do it. And, you know, I I wrote it down and I was like, dang, that was really powerful. And, you know, I went to this training in December. The word that I chose was choose. Um, you know, that that was going to be my word for January 2020 and beyond. And lo and behold, COVID-19 has forced me to, you know, really live this this word because now I have to be intentional about what I'm choosing. I have to choose and be okay with that choice because sometimes we feel very guilty about, you know, like I, I could have felt guilty for taking a day off this week you know I could have been working I could have been doing those things but I deserved that and I chose to do it and that's okay Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and that choice is is powerful like there's a lot of things that COVID has taken from us including our energy including Mm -hmm. you know joy in some places but it can't for you right now for you in particular it didn't take away that choice for you in that moment and so you got to make that choice and that's that's very powerful so that's good yeah I mean I think your boyfriend said this to me at one point and it was during my going away party <laughs> you know uh we did this social distancing going away party where we all sat in lawn chairs and 
uh, all this stuff. And Haley <laughs> asked everyone to give me, you know, words of wisdom as I go into my <laughs> next steps. Um, and I think, you know, it was in reference to like working out and uh, doing fitness related things because I just suck at it. I just in terms of like getting myself to do it. <laughs> and David said something along the lines of, you know, right now there's not a lot we can control. Like it, it, there is just so, so much out of our control that whatever you do with your body, you can control. And so I think that I kind of take in as like this, you know, like I mm-hmm. can control this. I'm choosing to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, David. <laughs> thanks, David. Sometimes he's full of wisdom. Um, yeah, agreed. There's only so much you can control and what you can control, you know, take it, but, um, but don't take the pressure of it. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like, cause a lot of people are going to say things like that. Like you can control what you eat right now. Alex and I were just talking about this. Yeah. Like, you can control what you eat right now. Cause your life isn't super busy and you can control how much you work out and you can control how many books you read and you can control how much sleep you get and fill in the blank. And to be honest with you, it's just made me more stressed. So yeah. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> um, so I-, I think take the choices you can and take them with joy. Don't take them with stress. Um, and, and try to remove the pressure that's associated with it and just take the choices for what you need. A hundred percent. I think that that goes nicely into our, our conversation we had about, I would almost call it like boundary fatigue, I guess. Yeah. That's not necessarily what we called it, but I think that's kind of what it is. And, you know, there, you can, you can control what boundaries you put up and like where you draw the line on certain things. Um, and it becomes very easy to, uh, I guess, delve into like restricting yourself from doing certain things. Um, and so I had shared with you in our conversation prior when we were kind of, you know, brainstorming, what, what did we want to talk about? Um, I talked about how, you know, I'm, I'm home now. I don't necessarily have, um, I'm not stressed about budget for groceries because I, I live with my, my dad and my stepmom. Mm-hmm. And now I have the ability to control what I eat, right? And so I'm, I'm found myself in these last four weeks, you know, stressing about calories and how much food I was eating versus how much I was moving and focusing so much on what I put into my body. And I didn't realize it until, you know, I would say Tuesday when I took off work that it was exhausting. Like having that take up so much space in my head was exhausting. Yeah, it is. It is exhausting. And nobody, we talked about this when we talked about Enneagrams that like certain types don't like certain things, especially like if you're an eight, you don't like to be controlled and whatever. But I'm going to argue that no one really enjoys being controlled. So, and, and this kind of goes back to what we were saying, but like, you don't want to be controlled by the things you feel like you have to do right now. And like, I feel that way too of like, I have so much time and part of me wants to just be like, well, fill it with running because I love to run, um, fill it with working out, fill it with whatever, but fill it with counting your calories. I count my calories. I've always counted my calories, but not always, but in the past like year I have. And now it's just like more pressure to do that. And it's just honestly – I hate it. It has made me, it makes you really image focused and, and it robs the choices that you get to make. Like I get to make the choice to run, but there's no joy in it because I have to do it because I have the pressure from doing so. And it's like, you know, it's just all of it kind of accumulates um, to being controlled by something because it 
there are a lot less boundaries right now. And, and really what we, we talked about was like, you have to establish boundaries for even the things that bring you joy right now, because one, you don't want to over consume a bunch of things right now. And um, Mm -hmm. even though I very much enjoy reading and like, particularly like, I think I talked about this a little while back, but like reading articles, I have this pastor I really like to follow. So I read a lot of articles from him and reading my Bible in the morning or reading a self-help book or reading or watching TV shows. Like even if I do too much of the things that are good for me and that I like to do, they start to feel burdensome and same thing with working out, same thing with consuming your food. I mean, it's, it's all the same. It will start to feel burdensome if you don't give it a boundary. Yeah. And I I think uh, so there's kind of two two approaches I'm kind of Im- imagining as far as like a resolve or like a fix for this boundary fatigue, and that is you know to establish good boundaries on certain things, right? Like I think time is really good, like to focus on um, like for me, if I'm not working, if I am not on the clock, I'm not working, yeah. um, and so establishing that boundary is is healthy because I mean one, I'm not getting paid to do work <laughs> after hours. <laughs> um, too it's like that I'm not working right now so I'm not focusing on work um but the other thing that I've done is to you know do things I enjoy intuitively so rather than sitting and saying you know I'm going to read this book I've been waiting for and spending hours and hours and hours doing it because I feel like oh well what else am I going to do it's more of okay well I've gotten to chapter two I feel good about where I'm at right now I'm not really feeling very excited about continuing this so maybe I'll apply to some jobs. And then, you know, if I do a couple of job applications and I'm like, dang, this is bullsucking and boring, maybe yeah. I'll, I'll pick up a paintbrush and paint for a little bit. Right. Um, so maybe doing things and, and checking in with yourself about what purpose is this serving and do I need to do this right now? Um, and, and just trying to figure out what you're excited about doing. Yeah. And, and like Maria Kondo, it like literally is this bringing me joy right now? (laughs) (laughs) Does this spark joy? No. Okay. Well, I'm not going to do it. And 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 it's hard because you don't want to live in this like feel good culture of like my life has to feel good so that I am good. Like I would argue that's also dangerous. So really just motivate, like, is this healthy for me? Is it making me feel good? Great. Um, and and then if you start noticing, well, this is healthy for me, but it's not making me feel great. It's like, well, maybe maybe you still don't need to do it. Like I don't know. Yeah. It, it, there's there's yeah yeah. So I think establishing a purpose behind some things is really important. Um, and I think I felt that pressure too of like, oh, I've been waiting to finish this book, and now I have the time, so I might as well just do it. But then it then I don't want to read it. Then it's boring, and it makes me mad. Right. Like I don't want to read it. Um, and you don't want to look back on this season. I said this, Alex, and look back and be like, I did a bunch of stuff that bothered me this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, what an awful way to spend a couple months of your life, um, or however long this will be. Like, please try to establish a healthy normal. Yeah, I think you know, and having this conversation, I'm also thinking about like you know, there is this pressure to emerge from quarantine, this beautiful butterfly, you know, like, this is our <laughs> metaphorical cocoon. I have my metaphorical cocoon. And when you leave, everyone is going to emerge from their houses, and they're going to be beautiful, and their skin is going to be clear, and, you know, the, all of all the, the stuff, you know, they've written eight books. And... <laughs> I'm in shape, and my house is clean. And... <laughs> right. 
And this is one of things that, like, if you emerge from this looking exactly the same or, you know, what you might look different, you might feel different, and your house is a complete mess, I also think that that's totally okay because we're literally in a national, what well, international, it's a global pandemic. Um, yeah. Give yourself some grace. Yeah, we're in a global pandemic where, like, everything is affected. Like, a lot of people are feeling stressed for the world. We're feeling stressed about the effects of this long term we are worried about each other we are you know worried about what this might do for your finances you you have anxiety you have fear you are tired because maybe your sleeping schedule is different you like you cannot expect to be at your best (laughs) like I just don't I think that that is a harsh expectation to put on yourself and um you know there's a loss there's a lot of losses in this time and I think it's okay to acknowledge that of like people losing their jobs and people losing money Mm -hmm. or losing family members due to the virus or losing our safety and security because I can't even go to public without wearing a mask anymore. And, you know, like there's, there's just so much for our national listeners, Publix is our local grocery store down here. But um, (laughs) if you go to Kroger, um, thank you. you. (laughs) But like, it's the loss of your daily routine. Like there's a lot of losses right now. And so, so yeah. to expect to be a beautiful butterfly just sounds ridiculous. Um, so give yourself some grace and understand yeah. that we're having shared grief. Um, like there's, we're all experiencing a loss right now in some regard and it is global. Like this isn't just one person. And so if you're listening to this, like I really hope you're feeling um, comforted in some way because it's not just you. 100%. that if we could title it anything it would be it's just not you right now it's not yeah. just you like it's everybody you know I think so when I was oh rip past me when I was still in therapy um oh. uh, it's I'm so upset I'm still so sad I can't see my therapist anymore um when I was still in therapy my therapist kind of introduced this idea to me of being able to mourn things that aren't people. So when we talk about mourning and loss and grieving, we often do it in relation to a death, right? Like that's, that's kind of where we're most associated with that, that term. Um, but she was kind of introducing this idea of like, you know, I had this idea of what my graduate assistantship life would look like, about what my life as a graduate student would look like. And when I got to FAU, it ended up being very different than I had expected. And I was telling her how frustrated I was by that and how it kept, you know, kept me up at night sometimes that, like, this is not what I thought I signed up for. And she was like, Alex, I think you need to give yourself time to grieve the loss of what you thought you were getting. And I was like, what? I can do that? And she was like, yeah, I mean, you know, the stages of grief, what yeah. stage do you think you're at right now? And I was like, oh, anger. <laughs> I want to get to acceptance, but I'm totally at anger. <laughs> and so I think I'm sharing that anecdote as like a, a way to say, you know, we, you can mourn the life that you thought you were going to get in April of 2020. Yeah. You know, like when you're thinking about your New Year's resolution it's okay to be sad and to mourn and to grieve um, the things you thought you were going to get but didn't. I, I definitely wouldn't 
you know, I, I want to follow the Lorelai Gilmore rules of, you know, wallow in it for a little bit, but then eventually we have to get on with our lives. But yep. I, I think it's totally okay to grieve and feel sad and go through those stages of grief because we are grieving and we are mourning because none of us thought that this was going to end up like this. Yeah. And, and I think, I think something to do so that you can wallow and then move on in some way, but still wallow is find somebody that can be like an accountability partner in some way and say like, Mm -hmm. this is how I'm feeling. And just like, make sure that person knows, like, I'm going to check in with you when I'm wallowing and I want to make sure that, you know, to pull me out or help me move on, or just so that someone else knows you're feeling this way. Like, yeah it will be much harder for you to wallow and then move on. If no one else, like you'll stay, sometimes we stay in sad places if no one else knows we're there. And so um, I think it's really important to, to share where you're at with somebody. Um, So if, if you, if you need somebody to share, you can most certainly message us and let us know. But Yeah. Um, but also let the people in your, in your circle know. And I was talking about feeling smothered to some degree by my tight knit circle we have to keep right now. Maybe let somebody outside of your circle know too, um, so that you can expand a little bit, um, and, and, and let somebody else know that you're feeling a lot of these loss and grief feelings. Yeah. I love that. Well, to be cognizant of time, I think this is probably where we're going to wrap up this week's episode. Is there any other, anything else you want to share before we wrap up? Um, we are going to put in some, some different, I guess, articles or links and um, that kind of, I guess, spurred on a lot of these conversations. And I would highly suggest you to, to check them out and, and kind of read for yourself, but also don't stick with a lot of self-help things too much right now sure. once again that might put pressure on you so um, make sure you're creatively plugging into other facets that are healthy absolutely I love that well thank mm-hmm. you everyone for listening to our episode about exhaustion and thank you Kevin McLeod for our intro and outro music it's called Funko Rama and we will see you next week bye everyone else <laughs>